Ron and Don are licensed real estate brokers with Windermere Midtown. Are you ready to buy or sell a home? Yeah, call my dad or his best friend, Ron. All right, we're heard your plea. Now you got three, three episodes of the Ron and Don Show. Thanks to Les Schwab. And this is the week. Is, uh, yeah, this is Thanksgiving week. In fact, this is the day before Thanksgiving. We're recording this for you guys. Episode number 30. Stop by Les Schwab Tire Center when you're out and about. Your family's probably in town. Stop by Les Schwab Tire Center. Grab your rig. They'll throw it up in a rack. And for free, for free, they'll take a look, make sure everything's ready to go as we head into some pretty tough winter driving. Do that for free. The other guys charge hundreds of dollars. Here's the other thing I love, too. Bring a non-perishable food item. They'll make sure that gets the food lifeline just in time as uh, we head into the holidays, too. We want to make sure that nobody in the great state of Washington goes hungry. And Les Schwab, they have 85 centers to serve you. LesSchwab.com. Stop by. Drop off some food. Who does that anymore? Usually you got to click on the internet and you're kind of done. This is cool. You can walk into a store, buy stuff, take it to Les Schwab, and feel like you're doing something. Because guess what? You are doing something. And we thank Les Schwab for the, uh, the partnership. So a lot of people getting ready to travel this week too, right? Yeah, there's a couple stories I found uh, really interesting. Uh, many people are traveling. You go see family. Uh, I like to take uh, bigger trips usually around the holidays because you, you get those sort of natural days off where there's not a lot of business happening. Thanksgiving, the day after Thanksgiving, you know, Christmas, Christmas Eve, whatnot. So the the first one, and I'll be interested to see what, what your uh, biggest takeaway ever because uh, you've traveled quite a bit in these last couple of years. The new Guinness World Record holder, uh, for going to every country on the planet. Uh, her name is Lexi Alford. She just, she's 21 years old. She has been to all 196 countries on the planet. She's the youngest person. She shaved the three years off of the world record. I guess her parents were uh, in the travel industry, and so she traveled widely as a kid. And by 18, she'd already been to 72 countries. And just, so she went to her parents and was like, is there a way you think I could become the, the youngest person ever to visit every country on earth? And they said, yeah. So um, Bloomberg caught up with her when she hit her final country. I guess there's 195 States widely recognized as countries, and then Taiwan, they throw in as 196. I don't understand why Taiwan doesn't count as a country officially, but I'll have to get into that in another. Maybe someone can email me of why that is, because I counted Rome as its own, or um, the Vatican as its own country. So when I was in Rome or in Italy, you feel like you get two countries for the price of one if you're someone like me that likes to count those passport stamps. Anyway, I digress. So she, she, they, they asked her in Bloomberg, it's like, what are your biggest travel hacks? What are the things that you wish that you could tell when you're traveling so much uh, of what these inexperienced travelers do when you're there? And so uh, the, the one of them that I completely agree with, and she said, and this is my biggest one. She says she only travels with carry-on bags exclusively. And so I adopted this about five years ago or so, where I said, I'm never checking a bag ever again. Doesn't matter if I'm going somewhere for uh, three days or for two weeks, I'm just taking one bag. And so I I was on a search to find the perfect bag. And I finally did uh, a company down here down uh, this. I'll give them a free, a free shout out. It's the Chrome store. C-H-R-O-M-E, Chrome Store on First Avenue in downtown. They have what I think is the world's perfect travel backpack. Uh, It's black. It opens up. It's got these zipper compartments. You've seen it as I travel. If I can't fit it in that bag, then it doesn't come. 
doesn't come on the trip. So if I'm going uh, out of the country, I lay everything out on the table. It has to fit in that bag. And then I just keep paring it down, paring it down, paring it down until I can get everything into that one bag. That will revolutionize your travel uh, more than anything else. So why is that? Because you're not uh, dealing with lost bags and you're not waiting for bags. And uh... Well, because most people have bought, when, when I'm traveling, especially abroad, and you see someone that has the roller bag, that seems like such a great idea. They're like, I'm going to go to the store, buy this bag with wheels. It's usually oversized. They, they get a bigger one than they need. And it weighs 50 pounds, 60 pounds, 70 pounds. They cram it full of all sorts of extra stuff because they're, they're not disciplined packers. Oh. And then you get them to their destination and they forget that, oh, I have to walk a mile from my gate to the train and then it's another half a mile walk to my hotel and then i'm going upstairs no i'm now in a foreign country so they don't have big elevators so now i'm walking up four flights of stairs and then they're lugging that thing around on cobblestone streets uh trying to get in and out of subway stations trying to get in and off of buses with this big roller bag and it's just miserable it's flopping over to the side it gets caught and the wheels get caught it's just get this backpack strap it on and yeah, but my mom couldn't carry like the backpack. I and 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 I have one. I think I have the same backpack because you encourage me to get it. It's a great backpack. But you and I can lug that around. My mom, who's in her seventies, she couldn't. She couldn't. She couldn't lug that backpack. Around. Well, she could do, do a smaller backpack. I mean, maybe no for for age related people. If you're in your in your mid seventies, you're probably not doing the type of trip I'm I'm speaking of. Um, then do your thing realize you're just going to have to spend more money on transport to get here and there. Wow. You just but threw down on people in their seventies. We're going to, we're going to hear from them. The now. world record holder agrees with me. Carry on only. It will revolutionize the way. Do, do you not agree with that? Did it, did it not help you? Cause I encouraged you hard to just do the one backpack thing when we, it was, it was fun and I have no problem. Like if I'm traveling with my son somewhere and it's a one stop to my mom's house and we're going to put in Christmas gifts and I'm going to check that at the plane, I have no problem checking that in the plane or just uh, sending it early. So it, it depends on where I'm going, who I'm taking. And, and if you're packing for another human, then uh, you may not be able to put all that in a backpack. And if you're a parent out there and you have three or four kids you're taking, uh, chances are, yeah, you can't put all that in a backpack. So it just depends. You're, you're, you know, you're, you're one only lonely guy out there. So if you're packing for your family, it's different, I think. And then uh, the other thing that's been trending travel-wise uh, for this holiday week is there's a subreddit channel. I'm not a Reddit guy, but it's one of the most popular websites in the world. And it's the disgusting things people do on their plane. And it's a picture of a woman. She looks horrified. She's in, it looks like she's in the middle seat. And she's taking a selfie uh, on her plane seat. And there is a person, they look like man feet, naked feet. They're not in socks, not in shoes. The feet are coming up over the top of her headrest. And they're inches away from the top of her head. So the person behind her is somehow scissored himself to first took got on the plane took his shoes off took his socks off scissored himself in the seat so that his feet are coming all the way up over the seat 
in front of her. And so she put this picture up and it's gotten over uh, a thousand comments and counting of people absolutely disgusting. They wanted this. People want this guy to be arrested. They want him forcibly removed off the plane for putting this feet Why did up. she even allow that? You wouldn't allow that, would you? I would, I would, I would, I would wake the guy up and tell him to retract his feet. Yeah. I, I probably would, would do, or at least yeah. bing the, do the bing bong up at the top. And, oh, and you're get, a tattletale. I don't know if I want the conflict of the dude right behind me, okay. but that that is pretty disgusting. I've you, had someone you take put, your shoes off on the plane, though, don't you? I don't. I would never put them up on the armrest. But you take the, your shoes off if I'm on an international flight. I will slip my feet out. Do the while. socks come off too? No, no, no. Socks always. That's stay a, that's on. a little much, right? Socks there. stay on. Absolutely. I, yeah. would, I would never do that. I take shoes off too. Socks stay on, and then also if I'm in the middle seat, then I I feel like I should be able to put both my elbows down on both of the armrests. What's your favorite? Because I'm sacrificing it by sitting in the middle seat. Yeah, so well, I, I, I will almost never sit in the middle seat. What is the? Sometimes um, you don't have a choice. You have it's to true. Sit in the middle Sometimes seat. you guys sit in the middle seat. Yeah. Is there an airport food item that you see that you would never eat anywhere else? Like I would never have a Cinnabon anywhere else in my life. Not attracted to Cinnabon. Oh. Is not something I crave. But if it's been a long day and I'm at like O'Hare Airport in Chicago and I'm walking by that Cinnabon. So like, yeah, Cinnabon sounds pretty yeah, good. Yeah, Albuquerque, right New Mexico. Whenever I'm coming back, I stop and I have a breakfast burrito, and then right after that, I go to the 31 flavors, and I say, "Where's the daiquiri ice?" And they say, "We don't have it." And I'm like, "Cause it's not really one of the 31 flavors." And then I just have Is some the- chocolate ice cream with my son, and then, uh, and, and sometimes it's at six in the morning when we're eating chocolate ice cream. You gotta have the third Baskin Robbins. I wish they had the. I, I I I don't understand. I don't understand why the daiquiri ice isn't one of the permanent. 31 flavors, but it kind of it comes and comes and goes. So, good point. Yeah. Hey, uh, thanks for stopping by. Episode number 30 of the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget this week, stop by Les Schwab Tire Center, drop off a non-perishable food item, and uh, mention the Ron and Don Show, because we have this new partnership with them, and we really appreciate that. And let them know that you appreciate hearing three episodes of the Ron and Don Show on a Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Hit subscribe. Thanks for all the great th- things you've been writing about Les Schwab on our Facebook feed. We really appreciate that, too. All right? Just getting started. Episode number 30 of the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Everything at ronanddon.com. Hey, you know what? Uh, they heard your plea. Now we have three. Three episodes of the Ron and Don Show. That's thanks to Les Schwab. Every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And don't forget, as we're heading into winter driving season, Ron, you just experienced this on one of your real estate uh, journeys. Yeah, I had to drive over to Chelan, or I got to drive to Chelan, and two mountain passes. If it had been snowing and icy, I would have been in trouble. So do what I'm going to do. Stop by Les Schwab when you see him. Say, uh, tell him you're part of the Ron and Don Nation. Have him check it out. Say, is my rig ready for the cold winter months? And they're going to do a, a check for you. Make sure everything is ready. And especially if you know you're going to be going over the pass, if you know you're going to go up and uh, be going snowing or snowboarding this year, go to Les Schwab. Get winter ready at Les Schwab. You can find a location near you at Les schwab.com slash ron and don yeah and uh, while you stop in a les schwab tire center do this too bring some food with you a lot of times during the holidays we're looking to help people but we don't know how they have it figured out at les schwab they know there's 23 million americans that go to bed every night including 11 million children they go to bed hungry and so that's one of the reasons les schwab has teamed up that's right it's drive out hunger and les schwab they have teamed up to help make sure that every child 
and every adult that lives in Western Washington that they go to bed on a full stomach. Just go to leschwab.com slash Ron and Don. That's leschwab.com forward slash Ron and Don to see how you can be a part of something bigger than yourself. Let's Rob, let's say it together. Doing the right thing, it matters. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me at ronanddon.com. I gotta say, and I've shared this with you uh, before. It's the Ron and Don Show, Radio Network. Uh, every once in a while, I like to watch some of their religious channels because I think some of the speakers that they have, even if I don't agree with what they're saying, the way that they can connect with an audience, and sometimes the way that they can even bamboozle an audience is incredible to me. And one of the best speakers out there right now, I don't know if you've heard her, uh, she's an evangelical preacher by the name of Paula White, and she travels the country. And they say that she's a modern-day Amy Simple McPherson. And I don't know if you know what Amy Simple McPherson is. There's a book written about her called From the Milk Pail to the Pulpit. She's part of the Foursquare Movement. And she was one of these incredible speakers. Uh, Oftentimes, she'd stand up in a church down in Los Angeles or around the country. And she, well, they, they, they say, they say not only could she separate people from their checkbooks, uh, but there was a lot of healing that was going on and people would come in wheelchairs, uh, and they would leave without their wheelchairs. People would come and they would be on crutches and they'd leave without their crutches. They say that something would happen when she would speak. A lot of people say in a modern era, same thing is happening with Paula White. The interesting thing about Paula White, a great speaker, uh, she went through a divorce a number of years ago. And a lot of times you go through a divorce, especially if you're a female pastor you'd be taken out of the ministry uh she wasn't taken out of the ministry she has doubled down in fact now she's the president donald trump she is his spiritual advisor and this is something that she is saying in the new year and maybe this is something that we should try to because it seems to be working for her is she is telling everyone that listens to her whether it be on her podcast or whether it be in churches that she's speaking in she is telling everybody that they should take the first paycheck of the year and send it to, let me check right here. And you should send it to, huh? Nope. That's kind of interesting. You should send that to uh, your local church. No, she doesn't say that. You should send that to the local food bank. No, she doesn't say that. You should send that to the local homeless shelter. She doesn't say that. What you should do is you should send the first paycheck of the year and you should send that to her And if you're obedient to God by doing that, then your life this year financially is really going to take off. Some people upset that she's saying this. Some people upset that she is connected to Donald Trump. They say that she's running a Ponzi scheme. And there's some people that say that she'd even be arrested. I will say this, though. When it comes to spiritual advisors, and Paula White is a spiritual advisor of Donald Trump, you have to be careful with spiritual advisors. Uh, We saw this happen with Laura Bush. Uh, We saw this happen with Billy Graham, and he was a spiritual advisor for a lot of the presidents. And when you look at the the things that Billy Graham said over the year, uh, over the years about people in the gay, uh, lesbian, transgender community, there'd be a lot of people that would push back and say, wow, I don't appreciate the fact that the president is spiritual advisor is someone like 
Billy Graham. What is your take on Paula White here? And have you been thinking about taking your first paycheck of the year and sending it to her? Because you could have an incredible year financially. Uh, don't send it to a children's fund. Send it to Paula White. Uh, there's a lot to unpack here uh, for me specifically. And, and I think because I, I have known people in my life that wanted to believe in the prosperity doctrine. And that's what she's known for. This idea that if you preemptively give to the right group, and she's claiming to be that right group, that God sees that and that he will bless you. That's the key to unlocking some sort of blessings in your life is that you have to give first. And so while I think there is something to that, there's something to being generous without expecting anything in return, but it's not like a cosmic ATM. My own experience with that, with people that I've known personally, is that it is among the most damaging things that I've ever seen in a religious setting. The people that I've seen that believed that if they were good enough, or if they gave enough, or that they fill in the blank enough, that then God somehow would then give it back to them 10 times or whatever the doctrine says, ended up being the most disillusioned. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Right, the most disillusioned, the most... shaky i guess would be a word where they they just felt like they were uh doing something wrong that it was their fault that this bounty wasn't showing up in their lives and that then they would get in this weird feedback loop where they'd want to double down it's almost like a gambling addiction where it's like oh i've lost a thousand dollars i'm going to double down and now i'm I'm really going to go for it and then i'm going to hit a big score and so they see spirituality becomes transactional to them and so that to me has been very damaging to people that I have known personally. And the the weird thing is it's a perversion of a truth. I think there is a truth that if you are generous, that by and large, generosity flows back your way. It's not a guarantee, but it generally when you meet people in life that freely give, they stuff sort of comes their way. And so I do think, but I, and I also think the secular version of this is that the promise or whatever that is, where I'm going to speak into the universe, the things that I want to manifest in my life. And that somehow by doing that and releasing that energy into the, into the universe, the universe is going to respond and answer you. I think that's equally as dangerous that life doesn't work that way. I can't go out and say, I'm speaking into the universe a new Ferrari and an all expense paid trip around the world. And that uh, I'm going to make $300,000 next year that that's not how it works. And so I don't like it when people you're preying on people's desperation and when it, whether it's the promise or whether it's someone like this, this lady um, that I think you're preying on an intrinsic desire for people to want to get a shortcut to where they want to go. And so they buy into this hucksterism. The second layer to me is the fact that she has audience in the white house and that she has audience with the president of the United States lends legitimacy to her position for a lot of people. And I think that's dangerous. I think that the people out there, if you play this out, someone that is not that sophisticated, that gives the first paycheck of the year to her and then misses rent 
or can't pay for their kids food and it spirals out of control, they're going to blame themselves by and large for that. Yeah. According to uh, Newsweek, uh, she's the senior pastor at New Destiny Christian Center in Florida. She's also spearheading uh, President Trump's Faith and Opportunity Initiative. And then since taking on the official role, uh, the prominent uh, televangelist has continued to sell religious items. And then she's also saying this, that if you send her your January paycheck, that God will pay you back uh, with interest. Probably with somebody else's February paycheck. It's what I would imagine. Right. This seems like a Ponzi scheme. How does that work? Is, her name, is she related uh, to Bernie Madoff? She also warned that those who do not obey the call would face consequences from God. How about that? Uh, and they say she is worth somewhere between 5 and $10 million. So I don't even know if she needs you January. Paycheck. This reminds me of the, the other prosperity preacher last year that said God wanted him to upgrade his his jet yeah. his private jet 70 million dollars because uh, yeah. god wanted him to travel in luxury as he spread the prosperity gospel around the world and his listeners and followers needed to help him i think he wanted a gulf stream he did he needed to go from his regular private jet up to a gulf stream private jet it was a gulf stream but he needed a better gulf right because well, god, god wanted the gulf stream had gotten why, why shouldn't he have yeah Anyway, just getting started. It's the uh, Ron and Don Show. If you want to be a part of something bigger than yourself, you can do that this holiday season. Uh, stop by any Les Schwab Tire Center. Drop off a non-perishable food item uh, now between uh, when you hear this and Black Friday. And they're going to collect all those, give all that gear, and give all that stuff to Food Lifeline. I drop off stuff for babies, baby formula. I'll drop off some baby diapers sometimes. Uh, so think about that, too. As you're feeding your baby this holiday season, maybe there's a baby out there that needs your help. Les Schwab's going to do that. 85 locations to serve you. LesSchwab.com because doing the right thing. You, know that. you should buy a shirt. It's the Ron and Don Nation t-shirt. $5 goes toward helping kids. It's cops helping kids. Find out more at ronanddon.com. Hey, you know what? Uh, they heard your plea. Now we have three. Three episodes of the Ron and Don Show. That's thanks to Les Schwab. Every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And don't forget, as we're heading into winter driving season, Ron, you just experienced this on one of your real estate uh, journeys. Yeah, I had to drive over to Chelan, or I got to drive to Chelan, and two mountain passes. If it had been snowing and icy, I would have been in trouble. So do what I'm going to do. Stop by Les Schwab when you see him. Say, uh, tell him you're part of the Ron and Don Nation. Have him check it out. Say, is my rig ready for the cold winter months? And they're going to do a, a check for you. Make sure everything is ready. And especially if you know you're going to be going over to the pass, if you know you're going to go up and uh, be going snowing or snowboarding this year, go to Les Schwab. Get winter ready at Les Schwab. You can find a location near you at Les schwab.com slash ron and don yeah and uh, while you stop in a les schwab tire center do this too bring some food with you a lot of times during the holidays we're looking to help people but we don't know how they have it figured out at les schwab they know there's 23 million americans that go to bed every night including 11 million children they go to bed hungry and so that's one of the reasons les schwab is teamed up that's right it's drive out hunger and les schwab they have teamed up to help make sure that every child and every adult that lives in Western Washington, that they go to bed on a full stomach. Just go to leschwab.com slash Ron and Don. That's leschwab.com forward slash Ron and Don to see how you can be a part of something bigger than yourself. Les Schwab, let's say it together. Doing the right thing, it matters. 
All right, it's the Ron and Don Show only on the Ron and Don uh, Radio Network, brought to you by uh, Ron and Don Licensed Realtors. We are licensed brokers at Windermere. We do something called the Ron and Don Sit-Down. did a couple of these last week. We sit down, we grab a cup of coffee, and uh, we chat about where you are in your real estate journey. And guess what? Everyone's in a different place. Maybe you're going to do something months from now. Maybe it's years from now. Maybe it's days from now, weeks from now. Let's sit down, have a conversation, or run it on. Sit down, you come to our offices at Windermere, and uh, pour a cup of coffee. Just sit down and chat, all right? Ron Upshaw, Windermere.com. Don O'Neill at Windermere.com. All of it is at Ronadondo.com. Yeah, this is a remarkable story uh, in People Magazine, and it's also coming on Netflix. And I, I'm really curious to get your take on this. It involves the, the Lewis twins, Alex Lewis and his twin brother, Marcus. Uh, and I'm trying to figure out the best way to tell the story. So they grew up, they had a horrible childhood. All right. They're, they're, both of their parents were very abusive. Their mother actually was sexually abusive uh, to these young twins. And it was just a rough, rough childhood. And so at age 18... Uh, Alex gets the, one of the twin brothers, he gets in a motorcycle accident. And so his brother, Marcus rushes to the hospital, uh, to be by his twin brother's side. And so when he break, he wakes up, Alex recognizes his twin. And so he says, uh, he says, hello, Marcus. But he's like, I don't remember anything. I don't remember. I remember you, but I have no recollection of our life whatsoever. Hmm. And so he turned, he, uh, he, he's begging his twin brother. He's like, bring me up to speed. Like we look alike. Uh, I know you're my brother. Help me to reconstruct my life from zero to 18. And so Marcus has a choice here. And it's interesting what he does. Marcus decides to fabricate a different childhood for his twin brother. And so instead of telling his, his twin, we had two abusive parents. Our childhood was horrific. This happened, that happened. All of these bad things happened. He said, you know what? I'm going to invent a new childhood for, for my brother. And he believes he's doing the right thing. So Marcus is like, man, Alex, we had a great childhood. We used to do this. We used to do that. He paints this picture for his brother to reconstruct his memories of happy times, happy memories, happy trips. Trips to grandma and grandpa's house, uh, trips to their favorite amusement park. He makes up a narrative to uh, bring Alex back from this horrific motorcycle accident. And so Alex believes this. And why wouldn't he? So he believes this. He's going through life now into his 20s, believing the story that Marcus told him up until the point where his parents died. So both of his parents died uh, in pretty short order of, of different types of cancer. And so Marcus didn't grieve. And so he got curious about that. And he's like, that's weird. Marcus is such a kind brother. And he's been so uh, amazing to me in my, my rehab. Why would he not grieve when our parents died? And so he asked him about that. And so it, it basically, through some therapy, some things, it's revealed to him that, yeah, I made all that stuff up about our life. And then there, uh, it's turned into now a book deal and then to a Netflix special uh, where they're trying to untie. It's called Tell Me Who I Am. So it's on Netflix right now. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. But just unpack what's going on for you when you hear this story of what Marcus did. What the, 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 uh, and then the final thing, Alex uncovered a photograph 
of that his mother had when they went to clean out her place after she died and it triggered some memories for him he confronted marcus and marcus finally told him yeah what i told you about your ideal childhood that wasn't true yeah i don't believe any of this i think what happens you have two brothers that were sitting around and they're like hey you know what we should do we should get on netflix how do we get a netflix show well what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna invent the fact that i lost my mind and my memory and then you're gonna come in and you're gonna tell lies and you're gonna be a liar liar pants are on fire and then we're not going to be getting along with each other. And I then all of come on, get they weren't this. getting along until they got a book deal, and Netflix started following them around with a camera. And now all of a sudden, uh, they love each other. And and well, I think and they, they have these repressed they have, memories. They have this connection and this bond. So you, you, I uh, think if you were abused as a child, you could go through life and not and not. They weren't talking up. to each other. This was not a kumbaya moment until there was money in it and a book deal and a Netflix uh, for both of them. Then all of a sudden, they're both on. No, they unpacked it further after that happened. They unpacked it because they're unpacking a wallet full of cash. That's what they're I, no, doing. I think you're being cynical. That's what they're doing. I think you should watch it. I think this whole thing is cynical. I'll watch, did you watch the three identical uh, strangers? Next thing you know, you're going to tell me that Paula White is uh, is their pastor. Yeah, exactly. And I have to send yeah. her my first month. I think you're being cynical. Would you? If, if my, I lost my, my memory, my first paycheck of the year. What? If I lost my memory, yeah. I would want you to tell me that my life was good, Rona. It was good. I know, but if there was a horrific thing, I wouldn't want you, you to know tell what? me. It was good. Yeah, I did have a good life. But better, better than expected. But my point is, better if, than you deserve. If I, if Bob I, and Alice gave you a life better that than is you deserve, true. better than you deserve. That's absolutely true. Yeah. If I had horrific moments, though, you shouldn't tell me those when I'm recovering from my. Well, my let me accident. ask you, because you, because you, you were adopted, would you want to know that 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 you were adopted? Yes, that's not horrific. Well, for some people it is. You always bring it up. You're like, hey, there's a reason why people were yeah, adopted, if, and you bring up the three reasons. We don't have to go into that right now, but they're not great. Yeah, if it was maybe if it was one of those reasons, no. But if we already knew that it was a good reason, then maybe yeah. No, yeah. I don't know. I just think it, it's an interesting storyline. I don't think it's a hoax. You're trying to say it's like fake news. I don't. No, think it's I'm not fake saying news. it's a hoax. I think what they did though is they developed this storyline when they found out there was money in it. For no, them. they were developing the storyline, and then the storyline was given exactly to they people. Were, exactly, they were developing. You're the story. so cynical. Developed. It was developed. How else are, are, are uh, these things supposed to like become documentaries? That's the way they become documentaries. It's not people find all out. fueled by money. Come They're on. in their fifties now. A, this is a reality-based television show. They're in their. You 50s think everything now. you watch? The only reality-based television show out there that is the truth, and you can write it down, take it to the bank, is the Kardashians. When you're trying to keep up with them, you know that's real TV, and all these things that happen, you know that that's real. This right here, come on. No, give me a break. I'm going to watch it. Watch it on Netflix, and I'll, I'll report back after I see this thing. You are. All right. Hey, uh, don't forget, Ron and Don Licensed Realtors at Windermere. We do something called a Ron and Don Coffee or a Sit Down. We'd love to sit down with you. Reach out to us, Ron Upshaw at Windermere.com, Don O'Neill at Windermere.com. We love to be a part of your life's biggest transactions. All right. It's the Ron and Don Show only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, you guys. Are you ready for the best show in the Pacific Northwest? Here's my dad to his boyhood hit thing. and friend. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show. And yes, my dad's pretty annoying. All right, I'm starting to show up at, uh, my son's writing stories now for school. 
And uh, he goes out to something called typing.com. He's been practicing his typing. He can type now at the age of nine better than I could. I went to personal type. I learned, this is the class I went to. When I was a senior in high school, I learned to type. I went to personal typing for seniors. Did you go to that class? No, I was learning in uh, junior high. You are the most aggressive typer. Very, yes. Of anyone I've ever met. Like Very, very aggressive. Don hits the buttons. So You got a brand new MacBook yeah. a couple months ago. The buttons look like they've been through World War II. Because they have been. Like you, why do you hit the keystroke? I have so a lot hard? of intention in my heart. I have intention. That's you, intention. You realize that hitting the button harder doesn't mean... Like you basically I, type in all caps. I guess I don't realize that. <laughs> I guess I don't. Anyway, he started writing these stories, and now I am showing up in the stories. And I oh, always, really? I always wonder... As you? I always wondered how I would show up in the stories. And he he wrote a story the other day about Charlie, his dog. Mm-hmm. And then as he's writing the story, I show up in the story. And when I show up in the story, I'm yelling at my son and I'm yelling at Charlie. Okay. So well, it's, a, it's an autobiographical piece. So I'm piece. yelling at those two. And then he's the hero in the story. Of course he is. So he's like doing her- heroic I love, stuff. Can I read the story? He is doing heroic. And, and then... Oh, can I see do a timeout here real quick? Yeah. Because I introduced your son to Mahjong the other day. Okay. Is he is he hooked now? Because we had a blast. We played checkers first. Okay. And I didn't take it easy on him. I, I beat him in checkers. He did want to come. He did want to come over here today and not go to school because he said you, that you guys had started playing a game together. So he wanted to play a game with. And Mr. So Ryan. we played. I, I beat him in checkers soundly. Oh wow! I had seven kings. And he had three kings, and I beat him soundly in that. I'm not going to let him win. But then we teamed up to play Mahjong, and uh, he had never played before, and he he has a, a good aptitude oh. at Mahjong. So just if he wants to, you should play that with him because it's a good brain game. Yeah, they say uh, playing chess, playing checkers for kids is a good brain game. And, and Mahjong. And, and, and typing at uh, typing.com. Anyway, we, I, I was a little brokenhearted to see that I was yelling at he, his perception. It might just be your tone. His perception that I'm yelling at him and the dog. And then later on, evidently, he says in the story that I don't like the dog sleeping in the bed and that I yelled at him and the dog about sleeping in the bed. That's not true. And I wanted to write a, a, a corrective letter a retraction to his teacher saying that is not true. Guess who doesn't like the dog in the bed? I allow the dog in one bed, and that is his bed, my son's bed. He's allowed to sleep in that bed. He's not allowed on any of the furniture in the house. My son doesn't like him on the bed because when I take Charlie trail running, and even if I wash him off in the shower, he still has all these dirt clods that end up coming off in the bed, and my son doesn't like that. My son is a neat freak. And so I wanted to, to write the teacher and say, hey, I'd like to clarify something here. Uh, number one, it's a story. It's, I it's don't. Fiction. I don't think I'm yelling at Charlie and my son. I'm not yelling. Right. Let me make it clear. <laughs> There's no yelling. Let me. Ah, bah, bah. Yeah. No yelling. Yeah. So and and then I read this study that said yelling at your dog, yelling at your dog, especially when your dog is not good uh, for your dog. No, absolutely not. And they went in and they looked at dogs that have been trained and treat trained and all that, and they say, yeah, the studies show that later on your dog will probably have brain damage if you're yelling at your That's dog. That's a pretty good story because I've looked at stories that you wrote as a child. Yeah. And this has character development. My son's story. It's got a story arc. But it's not it's true. Doesn't matter. It's not true. Your stories were horrific. Well, back in the day, you had the and big mine, pad. And mine always involve mine always involve astronauts, uh, aliens, and ice cream. 
Right. And sometimes witches when I, when I would tell stories. I wouldn't throw my father under the bus. I should have. But I surely wouldn't throw my dad under the bus because this he would a, read that story and then I'd end up getting spanked as a result of it. It's a fictionalized version of you. I think if parents are out there and you are, I, I think there should be a, a, you should allow a correction because these stories Like now, an editor's note? They're going back to the teacher. Then they take these stories, they read them in front of the class. Then they take these stories and they post them on the halls of his elementary school. And I'm looking. So up you're just worried about your reputation. I am. Not the fact that your son is writing a beautiful story. Yeah. It's the fact that your reputation has now been damaged. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I've been trying real hard not to yell at anybody, which is hard for me. They should have like a comment section next to the letter. I don't think I'm yelling. I think I'm just very enthusiastic. You've yeah. seen me over here with my son and my dog. Do I yell at them or am you, I just enthusiastic? Oh, you like yell at the dog. When your dog was spreading blue ink all over my white carpet, no. you yelled. He had a coming. Didn't get a treat for that. And then he left you a treat in the garage. Yes, that was quite a day. And then you drove over in your truck. Quite a day. <laughs> I wonder if Les Schwab would take care of that if I drove Notice in. Charlie is out in the truck right now. Yeah, he's thank out, you for doing he's that. He's out in the truck. Yeah, my son's at school. So anyway. Hey, uh, keep your head up, your shoulders back. He's Ron. I'm Don. We are licensed brokers with Windermere. You can reach out to Ron. Ron Utshaw at Windermere.com. Don O'Neill at Windermere.com. And we'd love to have a cup of coffee with you and talk to you about where you are in your real estate And journey. we are going to drop a show tomorrow for Thanksgiving Day yeah. for all the people that are going to be bored with their family oh. by the time the stuffing comes out. They can just join us on the podcast on Thanksgiving. All right, there you go. All right. We'll see you next time, and uh, happy gobble-gobble to everybody this week. And don't forget, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Yeah, just ask the pilgrims, right? Huh. Yeah, maybe don't ask that. Ron and Don. Everything is Ron and Don. Ron and Don. <laughs> you good? Yeah. Let's keep going.